Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. If it's not in our best interest, it's not in his either. And he's going to speak up about it. This is The Roy Green Show. Thank you for making us part of your weekend on the Chorus Radio Network. Alfredo Corchado will be with us in an hour's time. He's had his life threatened several times by Mexican drug cartels. Once he was just hours ahead of the hit team. He's a writer for the Dallas Morning News and has written extensively about the cartels. He's going to be joining us to talk about the ongoing issues on the U.S.-Mexico border and speak as well about how concerned Canadians perhaps should be about illegal border crossers from the United States. And we did this a couple of weeks ago with another reporter who's on the ground there, such as the MS-13 and other gangs. We'll talk to Alfredo in an hour's time. And then Tommy Robinson, who was arrested, charged, and tried, and imprisoned in a matter of hours in the U.K., the self-described British journalist and co-founder of the English Defense League, who's now a member of the Quilliam Think Tank was live-streaming the arrivals of a number of men at a British court where they were charged with sexual grooming of girls and women. And the uh, judge had put a publication ban on uh, what was going on, and he argued that Mr. Robinson, by live-streaming the arrival of these individuals, could potentially cost British taxpayers hundreds of thousands of pounds as trials might be delayed because information was out about these individuals and they wouldn't be able to get a fair trial. That's the situation as I understand it. Tommy Robinson is admired by some, hated by others. And we'll talk to Gerard Batten. He's a member of the European Parliament for London. He's a member of the UK Independence Party, UKIP. And he knows Robinson personally and has been interviewed by him. That's coming up later on the program. And people are sending me emails and saying, how come you're the only one talking about Tommy Robinson? Isn't that what we talked about the last hour? Freedom of expression, freedom of speech. It's fear at times. Not everybody, but for some it's an issue of, you know what, if I don't do it, I won't get into trouble, so I won't do it. And that's how freedom of expression gets pushed aside. We are waiting to hear from Michelle Rempel, the Conservative Party immigration critic who's in Tanzania. And uh, I've been, I was exchanging emails with Michelle earlier today, and uh, she's had a, they're seven hours ahead of us. So she was at an official dinner, and uh, I suspect we'll be hearing from her before the end of this segment. What we were going to talk about to her, uh, talk about with uh, Michelle and to you is the federal government deciding that it's going to give $50 million to provinces to help cope with illegal asylum seekers. So uh, this ran on globalnews.ca, uh, and it's uh, a story by Canadian Press. I'm just going to read you this. And um, then we'll talk if we haven't heard from Michelle. The federal government will provide $50 million to Quebec, Ontario, and Manitoba to help pay for some of the costs they've borne as a result of the influx of asylum seekers illegally crossing the Canada-U.S. border. 
I just remember the last words of that sentence, illegally crossing the Canada-U.S. border. So you and I are going to spend $50 million to subsidize illegal crossings of the Canada-U.S. border. You and I are going to spend the $50 million. It's coming out of Canadians' pockets. It's not Trudeau's money. It's not Husson's money. It's our money. $50 million. The story goes on. Immigration Minister Ahmed Husson says this is not a final payment to these provinces for border crossing costs, but is meant to help address some of the immediate temporary housing needs in those provinces. So, we're going to spend $50 million. We're going to give $50 million to Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec to address the housing needs for people who are entering the country illegally. Does that even begin to make sense to you? Perhaps it does. For me, it's an issue of why are they here? If they're entering the country illegally, they should be dispatched from Canada. They know they're entering the country illegally. They're informed that they're entering the country illegally. They are with intent ignoring the staffed border crossings where, if they're refugee seekers, they would be returned to the United States because of the safe third country agreement. You cannot enter Canada from the United States seeking refugee status and asylum if you're in a country, specifically the United States, which is already a safe country for refugees. So, but we're going to pay $50 million for temporary housing. Now, the story goes on, the continued influx of asylum seekers entering Canada between ports of entry has increased pressure on provinces to provide shelter and social services to a growing number of asylum seekers, Hassan said in Ottawa Friday. Quebec, which has seen the majority of asylum seekers this year arriving through a forest path in Saint-Bernard-de-la-Colle, will receive $36 million, Ontario will get $11 million, and Manitoba $3 million. The provinces have asked for much more, with Quebec saying its costs are closer to $146 million, although this includes projected future costs. Quebec Immigration Minister David Hertel said earlier this week, following meetings in Ottawa. So, is there an intent to stop the illegal border crossing? Apparently not, because they're projecting what their costs are going to be. He responded to the financial announcement Friday on Twitter, saying this marks in the first... This marks the first concrete recognition from Ottawa of the considerable impact on Quebec since last year caused by the massive arrival of irregular asylum seekers. So you have the immigration minister for Quebec using the terminology that was introduced by the prime minister of Canada, which is irrational because he calls them irregular entrance into Canada. No, it's illegal entrance into Canada. It's, nothing, it's not irregular, it's illegal but the immigration minister for Quebec is using the term massive arrival of irregular asylum seekers. Toronto Mayor John Tory said last week his city is also dealing with strains on housing and needs $64 million to recover costs. Hassan says negotiations on further financial compensation with the three provinces are ongoing. Talks also continue on a plan to triage asylum seekers 
in an effort to move some migrants out of Montreal and Toronto to areas with more available housing and job opportunities. Last week, the Ad Hoc Intergovernmental Task Force on Irregular Migration, they're using it everywhere now. It's the Intergovernmental Task Force on Irregular Migration met to discuss the progress of this plan, but Transport Minister Mark Garneau said nothing can be finalized until the provincial election in Ontario is over. A reception center is being set up in Cornwall, Ontario, as an alternate location where the federal government can deal with refugee claimants. Now all federal resources and claims processing centers for irregular migrants are centered in Montreal. Hassan will soon travel to the United States for high-level talks with the U.S. Homeland Security Secretary, Kirsten Nielsen, to discuss ideas he has to modernize the Safe Third Country Agreement. They include possibly introducing the use of biometrics to allow border officials to better track the movement of individuals to determine if they're eligible to make a refugee claim in Canada. The Safe Third Country Agreement already states that if you're in the United States, which is this country that protects refugees, legitimate refugees, that you cannot enter Canada and make a refugee claim. However, conservative immigration critic Michelle Rempel says this would do nothing to address the problem unless Canada and the United States agree to close a loophole that exists in the agreement that allows asylum seekers to claim refugee status in Canada if they somehow make it into the country through non-official entry points, i.e. Roxham Road. We've all become familiar with it. It's going to be a tourist attraction before the summer's through. The safe third country agreement still doesn't apply at an illegal crossing, um, so he can biometric all he wants. The agreement still isn't going to apply unless he broaches the issue to of renegotiating it. That's, I guess, Michelle Rempel talking to Mr. Husson. More than 9,000 refugee claimants have crossed into Canada through unofficial paths along the border so far this year, with 90% of them arriving in Quebec. My number is 1-800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. What message do you think it's sending internationally that the federal government of Canada is delivering $50 million to three provinces to build more temporary housing for people who are entering the country illegally? Is the message going to be head for Canada, because they'll advise you that you're not supposed to be entering the country, but they'll let you in anyway. And then they'll begin the process of establishing whether or not you're a genuine refugee. And unless you have a criminal record that's immediately recognized and immediately found, they're not going to throw you out. We know from Candace Malcolm, who was on this program, the columnist, and she was there on Roxham Road. She's found $500, $600, mobile phones locked and tossed to the side of the road. Because the people who own those phones want to get into Canada with absolutely no record of who they are, so they lock the phone and they throw it away. $1,500, $1,600 phones, some refugees. Call me a cynic. No, I'd rather be seen as a realist. There are people in this world who really require Canada's help. But they can't get out of the countries they're in. And for more than 25 years, I've suggested and probably 
Many other Canadians have said this. We should, as a country, be going to those nations that are refugee-producing nations, finding the people who need our help, and bringing them here and providing them with the hand up to a better life. If you can make it on your own to wherever you're coming from, to the United States already, you have economic resources. one 800 is my number. one 800 Federal government says $50 million is there to assist with temporary housing. Well, what message do you think is being sent globally? And what do you want to say and add to what I've just talked about? I can't wait for the person who says you're just a bigot and a racist and a... You know, just think whatever you want. If you get that out of what I said to you, then you're not listening. Oh, by the way, there are Canadian military veterans who are having to sue the federal government because the prime minister says they want too much. Wounded and injured military veterans who are living on the streets are not getting any help. No temporary $50 million for them. And I won't forget speaking with Bruce Shashish, the former chief of Atawapiskat, the First Nations community that's been in the news over the years, over the most recent years, because of the calamitous reality of, the, of life in that community, where they live in they live in homes which it breaks your heart to know that people are actually living in, in such conditions. And, and Chief Shashish told us that Justin Trudeau had made this broad commitment more than two years ago when it was a huge national story that he, the prime minister, would be heading to Alawapiskat and he would be there in person and he would make a difference. Well, they have seen neither hide nor hair of the Prime Minister. Just saying. We'll come right back. He may be opinionated, but he never jumps to conclusions. This is The Roy Green Show. I'm on Twitter. Follow me there at the Roy Green Show. Your uh, tweets always welcome, and I'll add mine. And we will communicate. And emails to roy at roygreenshow.com. Let's go to your calls at 800-263-2428. We're still waiting to hear from Michelle Rempel, and uh, but she is uh, far away, and more than likely the official dinner has gone longer than they anticipated. So uh, the border issue. $50 million. Is that, what message is that sending internationally? What do you have to say about what we've been talking about? Peter's in Edmonton. Peter, thank you for the call, sir. Please go ahead. 
Good afternoon, Roy. It's always a pleasure hearing you, but uh, I, I really don't know if I should cry or what. I mean, it is just getting pathetic. I last summer we were we went to Europe, like we go, we travel a lot, and. You know, I remember back in the 70s when we traveled and you said you're Canadian. It was like, come in for coffee, come in for tea. Everybody was like, oh, you're Canadian, you're great, you know. Nowadays, you know, they just look at you like you're just an American neighbor to like a suburb of America, you know. There's no respect. They don't even care anymore. And, you know, like... When we came back the last time, we were talking to a stewardess. I'm not going to mention the airline, but uh, they said that apparently, you know, I haven't checked with, you know, the official people, but uh, every time they land in Toronto or Montreal and the crew, airplane crew cleans out the toilets, there's always torn up identification. Mm-hmm. Apparently, all you need ID for is to get on the plane wherever you're. Yeah, you know that's a uh, Peter. That's something that's been talked about for quite a long period of time. You have to, if you're taking a plane, you have to have identification when you leave your point of origin. You exactly, must have it. But, that's but when you but when you arrive miraculously or coincidentally or somehow unbelievably, the identification papers have disappeared, and you're telling me that they're found in the. Uh, in the lavatories. Exactly. And since there's no fingerprinting to these Let me ask you this, though. Let's, let's, go, let's talk about the border here, okay? Okay. When you know that the federal government is designating $50 million for Alberta, not Alberta, for Manitoba and Ontario and Quebec, and those provinces say they want more, for illegal entrance into, into this country, what message is that sending internationally? Is that just going to create more... more um, illegal uh, attraction for more illegal entries into this country. It will. It will. It will. Because the same thing... So why don't we talk about it? Because we're PC correct here. That This political correctness, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be the death of all of us. I feel sorry for people that haven't lived in the 60s and 70s when we were free, when we could say things. You know, nowadays, it's, it's, it's a, it, I always tell people communism is dead in Eastern Europe, but it's alive and well over here. Oh, there's a little bit of a cynical approach, been a cynicism, and cynicism is not necessarily a, a bad ingredient on the goulash. 800-263-2428. If you say, and I got into a discussion with somebody not long ago, who said, well, you're just in, you're inhuman. You want to send people back. You want to send them back. You don't want to let them into Canada. I said, we, pay attention now, we have a, a number of about 300,000 for new arrivals in Canada annually for immigrants. That is by percentage, one of the highest numbers in the Western world, 300,000, just just as a percentage of total population. It's one of the highest numbers. You trying to tell me something? Oh, you should have told me sooner. Uh, (laughs) Apparently, I've just roared right by our break. Let me take that break, and we'll come right back. 
looking for the truth and not worried about rattling some cages to get at it. This is the Roy Green Show. You know that uh, President Trump is uh, talking about or musing about pardoning some individuals. We're going to be speaking in a matter of minutes with Christian Saucier. He was the uh, nuclear submarine sailor who took some photographs of the sub. He served on for five years as a memento and uh, was then thrown in prison for having, it wasn't espionage, but having done uh, specifically something against the military code. Well, the president pardoned him, and it was a second person, President Trump, pardoned, and we're going to be speaking with uh, Christian Saucier, the former nuclear submarine crew member, in a few minutes' time. With me now is Michelle Rempel, the Conservative Party immigration critic, who joins us from Tanzania. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, we've been talking about the uh, $50 million that the immigration minister has earmarked for Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec, and uh, for temporary housing for people who are entering the country illegally. And I'm seeing the word irregular now as almost almost a de facto uh, political term that, uh, you know, the word that was adopted from Justin Trudeau. But what's the, what's the concern, what's your concern, and what's the concern of the Conservative Party of what uh, Mr. Husson is doing with the $50 million? So this is being earmarked for people who are illegally crossing the border from the United States of America, one of the safest countries of the world, and then claiming asylum in Canada. Uh, my concern, well, I have very many concerns on this, but the reality is that the immigration minister and the prime minister is going to have to keep making these large-scale announcements uh, to deal with the increasing number of people that are using this loophole to come into Canada rather than restoring our immigration system back to a planned orderly status. And to me, that's wrong. As a sub-note, we actually had the minister in front of our uh, parliamentary committee to actually review this year's budget for immigration no more than 24 hours before he made this announcement. This isn't even in the budget this year. This is just, I'm not sure, this isn't even in their crazy deficit budget. so I'm just really concerned that rather than trying to address the cause of the demand and the strain on our system, this is just really throwing away Canadian tax dollars without any thought about it. And I think it's because they think this is the more politically expeditious way to handle the situation rather than deal with the cause of the issue. And it also sends a message, does it not internationally to people, that maybe this is an extension of Prime Minister Trudeau's ill-advised email in late 2015 or early 2016. No, it was 2016. Yeah, so, so again, you're referring to the fact that after the uh, American president made some changes to their immigration policy, Justin Trudeau, in contrast, tweeted out hashtag welcome to Canada. And uh, since then, we've seen a very dramatic tens of thousands of persons spike in people illegally crossing the border from the U.S. into Canada and then claiming asylum. And this is, you know, costing Canadians tens of millions of dollars, both in terms of the wait times that are being created for people who are trying to legally enter the country. And then, of course, in uh, announcements like this, uh, 
this resulted because Mayor John Tory had come out, um, and this is of course after John Tory was, you know, made Toronto a sanctuary city and, uh, uh, you know, talked about immigration. He had to come out and say, look, uh, we can't keep up with the, the demand on our system. Toronto homeless shelter system is, is way oversubscribed. What's Ottawa going to do? And, you know, that's not planned immigration, right? When you're having municipal leaders having to make these announcements. So uh, it's, it's very concerning. Uh, and it's concerning for, for, for new Canadians who are trying to sponsor people to come to the country legally as well. Do we know the real number of illegal crossers into Canada? Well, this is something I'm perpetually trying to get a handle on. Uh, since Justin Trudeau has come into office, that number, I believe, is over 35,000. Uh, this year, for 2018, I know that the number is over 7,500. And this summer, it's projected to be about 400 people per day. Uh, so that's... Um, those are numbers that aren't acceptable, and they certainly continue to show no signs of abating. Uh, are you you're in? Uh, are you in Tanzania on uh, on government business? Yes, um, I'm with the immigration committee. And and what what happens in Tanzania as far as uh, the immigration issue is concerned? Well, uh, Tanzania and Uganda uh, are two entry points, significant entry points into the immigration system. Uh, especially for people who are privately sponsoring refugees. Uh, part of the committee's duty is to look at the immigration policy and try and find ways to improve it. Um, the Arctic that out here is part of that process. Um, we're, we're beginning a study to um, look at ways to, to streamline and improve the immigration system. Uh, for me, I've been raising some pretty low-hanging fruit way to do that over the last year specifically when it comes to the illegal border crossing crisis. So uh, we'll see what the Liberals say coming out of this, but um, certainly there's there's a lot of things that uh, definitely need to be improved that I, I hope will somehow make it into a parliamentary report uh, given that the Liberals have a majority on the committee. Well, I thank you for calling us. Thank you, Gib, for getting through to us. I know it's pretty late where you are. and uh, It is late, but uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate it. And this is really important. I mean, we're more and more becoming aware of the importance of this whole issue of the security of our borders. And it seems to me that the Trudeau government is not taking it nearly as seriously as they should be. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Bowie. All right, Michelle, thank you. Michelle Rempel on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Here's Ari in Saskatoon. Hi, Ari. Go ahead, please. Hi, Roy. I think... First, this makes us look really like the international soft touch, right? It's like we're the great grandpa here, come into the wall and take what you want, do whatever. But that $50 million could go a long way to hiring a lot of Canadians to just sit on the borders with lawn chairs. Put them on lawn chairs at Roxham Road and give them a sign in the direction that says the border's that way. You know, that $50 million could do a lot of good here right now and then help people to actually follow the rules and let's take them all in just take them in the right way as long as people are appropriately entering the country or applying to enter the country 
as refugee claimants, and you cannot really do that if you're in the United States, because that's what the third safe, con- safe third country agreement's about. The United States is a country that is deemed safe for refugees, and so there's no way that you can enter the Canada from the United States if you're making a refugee claim, because the, the law is, says, states that you must make the claim in the first country you arrive in. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So they go to the border, and they make the claim under some other component of immigration law, which is great. Canada was built on people coming here for a better life. It, it makes the fabric of the country incredibly strong. The more variety, the better. But let's just follow the rules that we all agree to. Yeah, thank you, Ari in Saskatoon. 800-263-2428 is my number. David's in Toronto. Hi, David. Go ahead, please. Hello, Rose. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure, yeah, sir. I, I tend to agree with the last caller, the, the same thing. Uh, I don't want to see anyone displaced, but if you've made a claim to come into another country, I've always lived by the principle, go to their country and claim refugee status and see what you get from their government. (laughs) And I'll be hard-pressed to find out if you're going to get the same handout we as Canadians give these people. Well, it's not being handled. The whole thing is not being handled responsibly, and it hasn't been handled responsibly for for decades. I had a uh, on the air with me a few months ago, a young man I'd worked with in Montreal, and um, many of our listeners will probably recall, he was of Mexican origin. He came to Canada uh, with a visa. He got a visa first. He came here, had a work permit. He started to work. He got a job in the, at the radio station. That's how I met him. Then he became a Canadian citizen after he'd been here for three-plus years. He then brought his wife legally into, uh, into Canada, and the two of them were out for dinner in old Montreal. And they heard at the next table a young couple speaking Spanish with the same dialect as they spoke, they used, from their area of Mexico. So they started to have a conversation, and uh, they asked this other couple, why are you in Canada? And they said, oh, uh, we've, uh, we've, we're making a refugee claim. And my young friend who, uh, who uh, was on the air with me said, we told them, no, no, don't do that. Do it properly, as we did. I'll give you the name of my immigration lawyer, and he'll work it out so that you can make a claim properly, and then you'll eventually be able to come into Canada and live here. And this young couple said, no, 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 no. This is not what we want. We're on our honeymoon. And so we came to Canada. We declared ourselves refugees. So we get cash. We get, uh, we get health care coverage. And we're essentially looked after And then when our honeymoon is up, we'll just go back home to Mexico. And and it was one of those stories that just absolutely blew my mind. And then uh, the young man pointed out, I'm trying to remember his name now. He said there had been a website in South America, the website only in Spanish, that informed people on how to beat the Canadian refugee system. So I'm absolutely positive, sure of that. Because uh, we are looked at, uh, I hate to use the word, but as patsies to the world. Go to Canada because they'll take care of you. And it's not that we don't want to take care of you. We want to do it properly. Yes, sir. Thank you, David. In Toronto, the whole, um, the term that comes to mind that really summarizes the discussions we've had is properly. Nobody is indifferent to people who have really legitimate refugee problems, people who are living in a country 
where their lives are in danger or their families' lives are in danger or they are in some other way being absolutely inhumanely treated that violates even the most basic human rights code. No one. Nobody said that. No one. It's just don't take advantage of this country and its generosity. And it really is up to the government of the day to make sure that doesn't happen. So it's the responsibility of the Trudeau government to make sure that this country is not taken advantage of and things are handled properly. When we come back, he was pardoned by President Trump. His name is Christian Saucier. He was a crew member on an atomic submarine, an attack submarine, an American attack submarine, and took some photographs for his future so that he'd have some pictures, some photographs of the inside of the sub. For that, he went to prison. President Trump talked about him a lot during the campaign and then made him the second person he pardoned. We'll talk to Christian Saucier when we come back.